Welcome to the podcast of Medora Pentecostal Church. We are a growing community of believers committed to bringing hope and building lives. We pray today's message is a blessing to you. to ask you to go with me to the book of Psalms tonight. Just thankful for everybody that is here in this house. Appreciate you coming, being here. We miss those that are not able to be here, but we're so glad that you're here tonight. Praise the Lord. Let's go to the book of Psalm, chapter 137, and verse number 1. Psalm 137, verse number 1. Very familiar psalm, but one that is sober, thought-provoking, and I believe can speak to us tonight. It's a song that was written and penned by the captives of Babylon said by the rivers of Babylon there we sat down yea we wept when we remembered Zion we hanged our harps upon the willows in the midst thereof for there they that carried us away captive required of us a song they that wasted us required of us myrrh saying, sing one of the songs of Zion. Then they ask a question, how shall we sing the Lord's song in a strange land? If I forget thee, O Jerusalem, let my right hand forget her cunning. If I do not remember thee, let my tongue cleave to the roof of my mouth. If I prefer not Jerusalem above my chief joy. Come on, sing us a song. Come on. Let me hear you. Let me hear you have a great testimony. Let me hear you have a, a story of revival. Let me hear how you can sing a song. But they asked the question, <clears throat> how shall we sing the Lord's song in a strange land? So tonight I want to talk about revival in a strange land. Revival in a strange land. Amen. Heavenly Father, we approach you tonight. We pray, Lord, that you would help us, help us in the word, help us, Lord Jesus, to bless your people. It's an honor, Father, to serve in your, in your kingdom, and I appreciate this opportunity. Let me never take it lightly. We're going to give you praise in Jesus' mighty name. Let everybody say amen. amen. Revival in a strange place. You can be seated. If I may, let me share with you just a little bit of history that helps us understand the backdrop of this psalm and our message tonight. <clears throat> Nebuchadnezzar attacked and conquered Jerusalem in 597 or there about 597 B.C. And following their custom and standard of the Mesopotamian practice, they forcefully deported and took captive around 10,000 
Jews. Nebuchadnezzar, king of the Chaldeans, only deported the most prominent citizens of Judah. He went after the professionals, the priests, the craftsmen, and the wealthy, and the aristocrats, and the royals. They were forced to relocate to this city of Babylon that with my graphic tonight, uh, I found an artist rendering of what it may have looked like at Nebuchadnezzar's period, time period, the city of Babylon. Babylon conjures all kinds of images and concepts in our mind, and we just recently preached uh, from this pulpit uh, about Babylon, but uh, this, this is just a little different uh, uh, approach to it tonight. But Babylon was one of the most prominent and significant cities within ancient Mesopotamian Empire. Situated on the broad plain between two rivers, the Tigris and the Euphrates. The main part of the city was built on the banks of the Euphrates River. <clears throat> divided on its left and right bank. The Babylon that housed these Israelites during the captivity was also the city that Nebuchadnezzar II built what is known as one of the seven wonders of the world as he built the hanging gardens for one of his wives. Some interesting historical facts written by ancient historians about the city of Babylon is that it had an enormous brick wall that surrounded it some 300 feet high and 56 miles long. <coughs> and it was 25 feet thick. 75 feet behind the first wall was another wall which extended 35 feet below the ground. The great wall had 250 towers and that were 450 feet high. And it was divided deep, had a moat that encircled the city. The Euphrates River also flowed through the middle of the city and ferry boats that would travel back and forth, uh, getting people to their destination. Eight massive gates that led into the inner city in a, and, and brass gates, uh, streets were paved with stones that were three foot square. The golden image of Baal was there and the golden uh, table was there. <clears throat> Historians say <clears throat> that it weighed over 50,000 pounds of solid gold. Two golden lions, a solid golden human figure, 18 feet high. Nebuchadnezzar's palace was considered to be the most magnificent building ever erected on earth. In addition to its size, wrote to the historian in 450 B.C., Babylon surpassed in splendor in any city known to the world. It was at times the largest city of the known world. It was a great and wonderful, bustling, beautiful city. But yet this city in all of its beauty and all of its wonder became the location of captives. It became the place where God's people would be incarcerated, as it were, from their homeland. The psalmist said, by the rivers of Babylon. By the rivers of Babylon. Now who can't sing a song in a place like that? Who couldn't be happy at a place like that? Prosperous. 
Uh, everything right before you. And, and, and as a matter of fact, it was probably the Hebrews that bought, built a lot of the beautiful edifices there in Babylon. And so by the rivers of Babylon, we sat down and we wept when we remembered Zion. Amen. They, hang their, they hung their hearts on the willows in the midst thereof. And they said, please sing us a song. But it's hard to sing a song when you're in a, a place that's disconnected. When you're in a land of sorrow and separation and so the song of Zion began to die in Babylon the exiles sat weeping with silent harps in a foreign land unable to sing unable to worship unable to give themselves into the singing and the songs of Zion they wept when they thought of Jerusalem, the holy city. It looked nothing like the majestic city of Babylon. It was much more common and lower keyed than Babylon was, but yet when they thought about it, they couldn't sing because they were weeping for Babylon. A child of God can feel out of place sometimes in this world. During the captivity, there were prominent prophets that worked in that particular era. One of them is Daniel that we ministered about recently. The other two is Ezekiel and Jeremiah. Jeremiah was left with the commoners in uh, Jerusalem. And, and, and so he was left in the promised land. And Jeremiah was ministering to the Hebrews left in Jerusalem. Ezekiel was in Babylon. Amen. He was called to inspire, to strengthen a generation born into exile. Reminding them that God Almighty said this is not your home. This is not your final destination. It is in a city like this that the prophet Ezekiel would begin to get the inspiration for the book that we find in Scripture by his name. It is in this city that he began to have visions and he began to see things that God shown him. And it was in this city, not in some desolate region, but in this city that he received the vision of Ezekiel 37 where the Lord said in verse 1, the hand of the Lord was upon me and carried me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of a valley which was full of bones. Amen. You see what Ezekiel's valley of bones dry bones spoke of. It spoke of people that were held captive. They were dismembered. They were separated. Amen. And bones can't sing. And God's people were incarcerated in this situation. It was a beautiful place, but yet they were not able to sing. He goes on to say, and the Lord caused him to pass by in verse 2 round about. And behold, there were very many in the open valley, and lo, they were very dry. And he said unto me, Son of man, can these bones live? Does that sound like the question in the Psalms? Does that sound like the question that we had just recently heard? Can we sing in a strange land? Can these bones live in a strange land? Can these bones come alive? And I answered, Lord God, thou knowest. Hallelujah. So much has been preached from this passage, but let me go there again. 
Lord, you know. You know, can we have a revival here? Lord, you know. Lord, can we sing again the songs of Zion here? Lord, you know. Can I shout again? Lord, you know. Can I run the aisles again? Lord, you know. Can my my lost loved one come back to God? Lord, you know. Can the prodigals in our jar list here, can they come back? Lord, you know. Amen. Am I going to make it another year? Lord, you know. Can I go through another year like last year and survive? Lord, you know. Can I get through this financial crisis? Lord, you know. I'm in a place, I'm in a situation that I feel disconnected, dismembered, desolate, separated. Amen. Oh, God, what's going to happen? Lord, you know. And he said unto me again, prophesy unto these bones and say unto them, O ye dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord God unto these bones, Behold, I will cause breath to enter into you, and ye shall live. And I will lay sinew upon you, and bring up flesh upon you, and cover you with skin, and put breath in you, and ye shall live, and ye shall know that I am the Lord. I want to just stop here and say, I don't care that they are in drugs right now. I don't care that they are so far from God in a desolate place. I don't care. I want to tell somebody that they can, they can, and they will live. Verse 13 says, and you shall know that I am the Lord. When I have opened your graves, O my people, and brought you up out of your graves and put my spirit in you, and ye shall live. And I'll place you in your own land, and ye shall know that the Lord have spoken it and performed it, saith the Lord. When we begin to study this wonderful and beautiful uh, 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 vision that Ezekiel had, amen, it's, it's, this chapter is not merely material for good songs and, and, and you know, ankle bone connected to the, you know, the leg bone and the leg bone connected to the knee bone and all that that kind of it's not just a good uh, uh, fodder for good songs or, or sermons but in this text the exiled prophet Ezekiel receives a revelation of exactly where Israel would be. Israel would go through a period that they would be broken down that they would be divided and dismembered. Israel would go through a period that they would be lifeless fragmented and scattered amen the ultimate message of this vision is Israel I will not leave you in that state I will not leave you scattered I will not leave you dismembered I will not leave you all disconnected and in 1948 the promise of God in particular to Israel would be fulfilled as Israel one more time would become a nation amen that they begin to flock from all over the world coming back to Israel in Jerusalem I believe in my understanding of scripture that is in particular what he's talking about but the application of this vision of this text speaks to us this application speaks to us is that things events 
situations, circumstance, actions, attitudes, sin, conditions, heartache, problems can bring spiritual deadness to our life. Amen. Where we we feel separated from the presence of the Lord. We feel fragmented from our hope. We feel dismembered from the body. Amen. And all the reasons are there to put up the harp. All the reasons are there to hang up the guitar and hang up the, 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 the mic and not going to sing again. I, I can't do it. I can't make it again. You want me to sing here? You want me to worship here? You want me to have revival here? Yes, yes, yes. Surrounded by luxury, surrounded by opulence, surrounded by all kinds of things. Some Hebrews quit following the Lord God Jehovah and adopted the gods of the Chaldeans. But there was some still there that said, I remember Zion. I remember God. I remember why I'm here. I don't care how you've got it, whether you've got it good in your home life or whether you feel like that there's no way God can move where you are. Amen. And so you hung up your harp. I've come to tell you, God can still bring a song out of your belly in a strange place. God can still bring revival in a strange Can we have revival again in Medora? Amen. Some people have wondered what's the use. Keep on praying for the prodigals. Keep on praying for lost souls. And so some have said, I just as soon hang up my harp. Amen. Because I'm in a strange land. How can I sing like this when I'm going through this? Amen. I come to tell you, you may be broken in Babylon. You may feel alone in Babylon. You may sit and weep and cry. But I've got a message for you. I've got a word from God for you. How in the world are we going to sing in a strange land? How are we going to have revival in a strange land? This is what Ezekiel did. In verse 7 he said, so I prophesied as I was commanded. I preached as I was commanded. I began to speak the word as I was commanded. Amen. You feel like you have preached until you don't have any word left in you. Then dig deep and quote the word again. Preach the word of God again. Preach faith again. Declare God is in charge again. Declare that you are victorious again. There was a noise. And behold, a shaking, and the bones came together. He's getting this vision in Babylon of all places. Hallelujah. The bones come together in Babylon of all places. Life starts getting together as skin and sinews and flesh come upon them. Amen. And then he prophesies in verse 9 to the wind and said, Son of man, thus saith the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe upon these slain. Amen. That said, I can't sing another song. That said, I can't live another day. I can't go through another situation and breathe new life upon them. 
How are we going to sing? How are we going to have revival? God calls us to the word. I'm calling us back as a church to the word. It's the word that's going to get us through. His word has not changed. His word is still the same. Preach the word to your dry situation. Preach the word to your dry bones. God calls us to preach, not part. Amen. Not proclaim just philosophies and, 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 and sermonize, but he calls us to preach the word. Believe the word. Hallelujah. Paul told Timothy, preach the word. Be instant in season and out of season. Preaching is not merely an emergence of just somebody giving their opinion. It is the declaration of the word of God Paul said in 1 Corinthians 9 and 16 for though I preach the gospel I have nothing to glory of for necessity is laid upon me woe is unto me if I preach not the gospel woe is unto me if I preach not the gospel for if I do this thing willingly I have a reward but against my will a dispensation of the gospel is committed unto me amen like the prophet Jeremiah that said I was going to shut up I was not going to say enough the word but I don't care where I'm at and what I'm going through his word is like fire shut up in my bones <laughs> Woo! Yeah. Yeah. Ezekiel was in a strange place but got a vision in a strange place got revelation in a strange place, had revival in a strange place. He said, I prophesied to them, and as I prophesied, there was a noise. Behold, a shaking, and the bones come together bone to bone. He said later on in verse 10, so I prophesied as he commanded me, and breath came into them, and they lived. Something miraculous happens when we declare the word of God. But pastor, I don't feel it. I'm in a strange place. I'm just going to hang my harp. Get the word out. Get the word out. Let's get the word out. Can I call us back to word? Can I call you to begin to read your word more? Listen to the word of God more. Hallelujah. Don't take my word for it. Take the words for it. Amen. Take God's word for it. Don't just listen to what I have to say, but everything you need is found in the word of God. Everything you need is going to be there in God's word. Paul also said to the Corinthians in 2 and 4, And my speech and my preaching was not in, with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration and power, demonstration of the Spirit and of power, that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. But in the power of God. I come to remind you, God's still a God of power. God's still a God of power. God can still speak to you in your situation and bring about what you need. You've come too late to tell me that God doesn't move. I know for a fact, last 
summer or the end of the summer as I was suffering in my body and didn't have the strength I hold on to the wall and barely walk amen did my best to, 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 to hide what I was feeling amen and my lovely family supported me and I appreciate that uh, my wife even got a couch that makes into a bed in my office so I could lay down and get rest amen and on one day I laid down on a Thursday and I took a nap on that couch and I want to tell you I went down to sleep in that nap a weak man and when I woke up I was a whole man and I felt you've come too late to tell me that that's an accident or a happenstance my God is still a God that does miracles he's still a God of power Hallelujah, hallelujah. But if he never does another miracle in my life, he filled me with the Holy Ghost. He saved me. He changed me. I can't help but say I can sing and have revival in a strange land. The problem is that we want God to work like we want him to work. And how we want him to work and when we want him to work. And I just think we ought to say, Lord, you work like you want to. I'm believing you right now. Hallelujah. So I'm going to get back to the word because it's through the word that the demonstration of the spirit and power begins to come. Confess the word. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Confess the word. No, you are not going to get cold and indifferent. No, you're not going to backslide. No, you're not going to get weak. Amen. And anemic in the house of God. I'm going to preach the word. Hallelujah. All of it. We may think that Ezekiel's vision of dry bones happened in a land of promise, in a place of good and wonderful. And he just saw this really neat vision. It was in Babylon. Babylon. He prophesied and he said, these bones are going to live. In essence, the same question was, can they live, is the same question as can we sing? Can we sing? Can we sing in a place like this? Can I point you to a scripture that blows my mind? It's found in 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 6. We know this, but let me remind you of it. Humble yourselves therefore under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. Do you believe that? Do you believe that? Are you living that? Casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. Do you believe that? Are you living that? Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour, and whom resist steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. You're going to go through the same kind of stuff that the world is going to go through, but you can sing a song. You can have revival. In a strange place. When everybody else is falling apart, you're worshiping and rejoicing and seeing God's favor. But I want you to show I want to show you something there in First Peter chapter five. Can I ask you to jump down to verse twelve? First Peter chapter five and verse twelve. By Sylvanus, a faithful brother 
unto you, as I suppose I have written briefly, exhorting and testifying that this is the true grace of God wherein to stand. Verse 13, the church that is in Babylon, the church that is at Babylon, Thousands of years later, hallelujah, after Ezekiel had prophesied and they had even gone back, perhaps uh, there's a church in Babylon, the elect of God, uh, right under the nose uh, at a place where they said we can't sing, somebody's singing. At a place where they said they couldn't dance, somebody's dancing. In a place where they couldn't have revival, somebody's having revival. Uh, amen. I want to tell you, they can say Medora is a burn over field I say thank God because that means new growth is coming that means a new revival is coming that means that we can see God move by his power hallelujah your adversary wants to make you think that you can't have church where you are, what you're going through, what you're dealing with. Somebody say a Fred Gill word with me. Hogwash, 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 hogwash. Hallelujah. That's not true. Not true. Not true. What I have seen is that when it gets to the place where things get tight and when the enemy attacks and the pressure comes, that's when revival begins. You, you, you take a, a, a preacher and put him in prison and an angel shows up and walks him out the front door. Hallelujah. I want to tell you today, I refuse to hang my harp up. I got to get it out. Sing a new song unto the Lord, even in Babylon. There's even another reference in 2 John 1 and 2. 2 John verse 1 and 2. The elder unto the elect lady and her children, <laughs> whom I love in the truth, and not only, but also all they that known the truth, for the truth's sake, which dwell in us and shall be with us forever. Who's he talking about? The elect lady and her children. The church at Babylon. When I preached just recently about the toxic brew of Babylon, let me tell you, you don't have to Go off and build a commune somewhere and go off and just hide yourself like a hermit, bury your head in the sand to get rid of Babylon. How do you get rid of Babylon? Is that you have revival in Babylon. You have revival in Babylon. Go ahead and keep your harp on the willow. Amen. You may never see it. But somebody's going to see it. Somebody's going to see it. Stand with me, please. We find that not only was Babylon mentioned here by, by John's epistle and by Peter, amen, on the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2, as Peter is going down the list of nations, he said to the Parthians, the dwellers in Mesopotamia. Who's he saying? He said to all you folks from Babylon, 
to all you folks that live in Babylon, to all you people that are in Babylon, let me tell you what this is. This is that which is spoken by the prophet Joel. Hallelujah. No doubt Peter preached the truth like beloved. Amen. Do not be surprised at the fiery ordeals that has taken place among you to test you as though some strange thing happened to you, but rejoice, but rejoice, but rejoice. Hallelujah. As, as you're sharing in Christ's suffering so that you may be glad and shout with joy when his glory is revealed. Some of you right now under the sound of my voice, the enemy is working overtime. Overtime on your mind. Overtime to try to dissuade you, to suck you in to this world. Trying its best to tell you, hey, you know what? All that stuff doesn't really matter. All that, you know, that, that word stuff doesn't matter. Why don't you take the spirit of Peter that says, I might be right now suffering somewhat. Hallelujah. But I'm going to be glad and rejoice when his glory is revealed. Because he said that I would come out. He said that I would make it through. Dry bones live. Not only do they live, but they sing songs. Hallelujah. In a strange land. In a strange land. In a strange land. The enemy tells you it can't happen in your family. It can't happen to your loved one. It can't happen to this church. It can't happen in your life. Hogwash. It's a time to believe and preach the word. Preach the word. Back to the word. It's the word that brings demonstration of the spirit in the name of Jesus. Come on, MPC. Right now, I want us to begin to reach out to the Lord. Hallelujah. And say, there's going to be revival in my strange world. There's going to be revival in my strange job. There's going to be revival in my strange family. There's going to be revival in my strange city. There's going to be revival in my county, in my state. There's going to be a revival in a strange land. I claim it in the name of Jesus. I claim it in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Harp, you're coming off the willow because of the word. Harp, you're coming off the willow. Song you're going to sing because of the word. Oh, God, I bless you, Lord. I bless you, Lord. I bless you, Lord. I bless you, Lord. I bless your name today. Hallelujah. Revival. Revival in a boneyard. Revival in Medora. Revival in Seymour. Revival in Brownstown. Revival in Salem. Revival in Bedford. Revival in Sparksville. Revival, Lord, in Norman. Revival. 
Lord Jesus, in pneumonia, Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus, let revival come. Let revival come in Freetown, oh God. Let revival happen in the little farming communities. Lord Jesus, let revival come. Let revival come, Lord, in our schools. Let revival come in a strange place like a school. Lord, let revival come in our universities and colleges, I pray, on our jobs and factories, Lord. Let revival fall in the name of Jesus. I believe, I believe, I believe it's going to happen in my generation. I believe it's going to happen in my generation. I believe it's going to happen in my time. I'm going to see it in my lifetime. I'm going to see an Acts 2 revival in my lifetime. I want to see an outpouring of the Spirit such as never before in this generation. God, your power has not changed, Lord, but we will see it in the name of Jesus. We'll see it in the name of Jesus. Thank you for joining us today. We pray you have been encouraged. If you would like more information about Medora Pentecostal Church, you can check out our website at www.medorachurch.com.